Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, whichever suits you. If you have not been to a Sell Better show, we're so glad that you're here. We do this every darn day. Same time, same place. You can check out our whole calendar at sellbetter.xyz or by scanning the QR code on your lovely screen. And welcome back. If uh, you're a regular, we're so glad you're here. Today, we're talking about cold email openers. I just like could not be more excited because we need some help. You know, the world needs some help on this. And we've got two of the best here to do that. I found the best frenemies online <laughs> and asked them to come fight live um, and duke it out on screen here for you. So, Jen, Will, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Having me, not so much well. Yeah, I, I was going to say thanks, but then you invited Jen. So I'll, I'll just say good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that and run with it. Um, today, I want to quickly just see who's in the room. And while we're checking out who's here, let us know what your role is. We are going to be covering some feedback on things that are emails that have popped up in my inbox, things that we're seeing really commonly. You're going to get to see some do's and don'ts that Will put, um, Will and Jen put together. <laughs> it was really Jen. I mean, it's always Jen. It's always Jen. <laughs> and then just like some of those things that were like, can we just do away with this? 2024 is the year of deleting these openers. So we're going to fill some of that in. But uh, really quick, let's see. What would you say? is your least favorite email opener just off the cuff straight from the heart what do you got jen you go first i'm stealing yours this is will aiken merch it is i hope what does this say i hope this email finds you well that's my least favorite well i'm glad to see that we're matching today and at least one thing um i would get take that as well but you rubbed it straight from me so i'm going to say hi my name is from company and you're about to get a sales pitch it's probably my least favorite because it's so darn obvious it's in your email signature you want to know your name and your company you just they know intuitively click the bottom just a waste of space that's my least favorite yeah taking up space uh agree before we dive in to get some do's and don'ts before we take a peek at some emails um i want to say a huge shout out and thank you to our sponsors We've got JB Sales and Zoom Info um, and my screen acting up. So they are sponsors and our partners. Go ahead and check out. I'm going to drop a link in the chat here. You can grab a great piece of um, data from Zoom Info that they're sharing with you. We've got a special offer for that in the chat. But I want to quickly jump in. If you have, before we do that, if you have an email opener that you just want to get some friendly banter and opinion on that maybe you're using a lot or maybe you're seeing a lot and you don't know how you feel about it, go ahead and stick it in the Q&A section and we will take a peek and discuss that as well. Make sure it's in the Q&A section and not the chat because it get buried in the conversation. But let's dig into this do and don't list and then we'll get into some of the real deal. Jen, you want to kick us off? What's your favorite on this on the do list? 
Yeah. First, let me just say, like, when I was an AE, I never thought about the first line of my email. We're going to refer to it as either the opener or the preview text. I was always so obsessed with my subject line and the whole body of the email. What I failed to realize is that's making an assumption that someone gets to the end of the email. And that is a flawed assumption, right? So the reason we're talking about this today, the reason we've spent time on this is because preview text is one of the three things that people see when you send them email. It's your name, is your subject line, and it's like the first line of the email. So that's why it's so important. When we look at the do list, which I think was your question because I totally forgot after going on my tirade, um, do your research. I think one of the things that I failed to appreciate it as an AE, which now I'm obsessed over when I write emails, is that first line of the email dictates what that person believes the email will be about. So to Will's point, if you're like, my name's Jen and I'm from, I don't even need to read the rest of the email before I know it is a spam or a cold email pitch. If the first line of my email is showing that I've done some research and also not framing it as like, I read your 10K, I was looking at, but just states the fact that is a preview to the reader that this is an email about them, not about us. And just simply by winning that fight, you stand out from the vast majority of other emails in your inbox. So that would be one thing for me. Well, I don't know if you want to jump in. Yeah, it's just layer on to what you're saying there, Jen. Um, a lot of folks, these folks we're reaching out to generally in sales, we're trying to reach busy people, decision makers, executives, folks with strategic oversight over the department, because they're the people who care about it all and we can impact the most, right? These people, we got to recognize are being hit up so much, like crazy amounts. We don't even recognize it because most of us, um, I didn't see the poll results, but most of us, I'm going to assume, are like in an IC position. So we don't get prospected that much. And when we do, it's like people who have completely got lost. You know, they're like selling us payroll because they just don't, they're just sending to everyone, right? What we don't recognize is that most decision makers are getting hundreds, thousands of cold emails every single week. So what they have to do, because they don't have time to read those, is quickly categorize if this is worth reading or not. So when we hit the pattern of a bad or recognizable cold email, we immediately lose them and they whack the late archive report as spam. So that's why it's so important to nail that first bit of the email. Make sure we're not putting up their guard, making it look like we're like every other email they get. Doing something a little bit different, but making sure most of all that we don't do the things that everyone else is doing, which is some of the things we just mentioned. Hope this finds you well. Hi, uh, my name is, or even just, I'll tell you this, the majority of cold emails from sales reps, they all start the same way. Hey, name, and then the one word, I. That's what we want to try and avoid and what we're going to talk about some ways to avoid doing that today after looking at some examples as well. I want to dive into an example. Um, I actually got a payroll email in my inbox this morning. Payroll email? Yeah, but you just mentioned payroll. I don't do payroll, but I got one. Let's take a look. Well, this is a different one. I um I did search because I'm always looking. This is a different one. I'm sorry, I led you astray. I'm always looking at like, I want to see what people are writing. I want to see the copy. I went back and searched my inbox. I searched my spam. I searched all of my email addresses. I searched my LinkedIn and I got this message and it says, oh, I'll let you, uh, Will, read it to us, read it to us in your sales voice. Okay. Hi, Leslie. Wanted to see if you had a chance to review my last email. Other customers have saved time by quickly discussing their priorities with us so we can connect them with the right resources. There was no previous email, by the way. I searched. Nothing. Okay, talk to us. Give us your, your thoughts, feelings, opinions. <clears throat> any any of wanted to see you have my chance to read my last email? I mean, this is going to be applying to a lot of follow-up emails. 
see my last email, thoughts on my last email, bumping this to the top of your inbox, bubbling this to the top of your inbox, circling back on my last message, following up. Again, patterns. And immediately, in most cases, a pattern of quite annoying because it doesn't add any extra context to the email. The fact that I hadn't sent you an email in the past makes that even worse. But generally, in any terms of follow-up, I would avoid this type of language. Jen, what do you think? Yeah, two things. I think when buyers see that, instead of being like, hmm, do I remember receiving? What they think to themselves is, if I received that email and didn't respond the first time, there was probably a reason. So we're almost like kicking ourselves before we even have an opportunity to say something of value in the body. The second thing I will say is in that email, the second part, even though we're talking about openers, like, basically like if you give me time i'll see if there's a way that we can help you everybody says that and that is requiring your buyer to say give me your time give me your effort give me all the things that you have such a finite amount of and maybe i'll be able to help you is a really bad value proposition so it's a perfect example of if you truly have a reason a relevant reason for reaching out lead with that that tells your buyer there is a why them why now things like did you see my last email? I, I think more often than not, those are emails that don't even get open, let alone responded to. This is that stuff that gets you reported as spam, which is the boogeyman going into 2024. Because <laughs> if you get reported as spam, you go into the spam folder. Okay? Yeah. So be careful. That's the t-shirt. Spam folder equals the boogeyman. I still there's <laughs> something here. Thank you. She's always added yeah. to the merch. Yeah, added to the merch file. Um, I do feel like, especially with high level executives i have this theory that with anyone who's in that if have you guys taken the disc assessment yeah isc um i feel like anyone who's in that like high driver area if you see this like have you had a chance to review my last email or will like you were saying like thoughts feelings or like when you're when you're going down that path of pointing them back to somewhere else it just boils the angry feeling that emotion <laughs> And they're like, you didn't get my attention, delete, you know, that's how I feel. And I think part of the problem with this too, just being like empathetic, is most SDRs and AEs don't get to see a buyer's inbox. So one of the tips we would say is if you like just set, saw that and said, my gosh, I just sent an email like that today or yesterday, whatever, ask your executive, show me your inbox. Like obviously cut out the stuff that I'm not supposed to see, but like send me the last 10 emails you got. I think there's so much teaching in the patterns. And many of us, myself included, just didn't see that when we were selling. And so we make these assumptions and these really lighthearted things that don't seem bad that end us getting logged as spam. Okay. That being said, I want to show, can I show, you had sent me a screenshot of your yeah. inbox at one given point. Can I bring that up real fast? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Here we go. Pattern. Hello, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi, Jen. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jen. <laughs> Everybody hopes I'm well. Everybody wants me to be having a great week. And again, this is the perfect illustration of it. It is not that saying I hope you're well or I hope your week is great is a bad thing to say. It is well-intentioned and we use it to soften. But we don't need to soften executives. What we need to do is get to the freaking point. And this is exactly what executives are seeing before they make the decision to hit the delete button. So this is this is what I'm talking. If you are an executive, if you lead a team, please please do this for your reps. It helps so much to give them that broader context. You know, um, there's that meme online where your boss sends you like really a blunt and like astute emails. That's because they're busy as heck. All right, they don't have time to be like, "Hey, hope you're doing well, well, great work last week. Just wanted to see how your pipeline's looking." No, they just go pipeline update, please, well. 
because they're busy, right? We need to recognize these folks are super busy, so all this stuff. And if that put you both that screenshot again, so it shows exactly what I was talking about earlier, which is high name, hey name, name, whatever it is, and then I, are, or we. And immediately, bang, it's about us. But in the email should have really nothing to do with us because we're reaching out for them, right? We're selling good, doing solution sales. We shouldn't be trying to do that whole high I thing. So we'll talk about some ways to get around that a bit. Okay. Beautiful. Love. Um, we're going to move on to another one. Jen, can you put on your sales voice and, and sell me? Leslie, can we connect? Leslie, if you didn't hear it the first time, how are you? I just wanted to share a quick update. We have recently launched Blah. Might not be of interest to you, but let me know. Well, it's yours. I'd like to milk got me sad bit. Um, I just again. Uh, there's there's a couple of things about this. Number one, Leslie, how are you? You don't care. Well, you might. You might. Genuinely, you might care how Leslie is. But because Leslie's had twelve other people ask her that day, she's like, I don't you, you don't. It just seems insincere. I just I think the word just can be completely removed from any sales language ever, because it's kind of like you're justifying yourself. Just. Hi, I just wanted to follow up. Just wanted to see how you're doing. Just just get rid of that word. It's filler, rubbish. Makes you sound a little bit weak sometimes. Not that we want to sound really powerful and, uh, and uh, assumptive, but we'll be honest in a minute. Um, we have reached, again, none of this is to do with Leslie. It's all me, I, us. We want to show you this. What's in it for Leslie? There's nothing about that here. So this is exactly the kind of thing that I would see or a buyer would see. Smash dilly or worse, report with spam. Remember, boogeyman, we do not like spam reports. And tactical tip, just when, if you're looking at a cold email you're sending right now, just do the I, we, us count. If you've got way more I's and we's, that's a signal that that's an email about you, not about your prospect. It's one of the simplest ways to start rewriting your email is just force yourself to cut out I as much as humanly possible. True that. If you can get rid of that word, I reckon you'll probably get 50% more replies just by getting rid of that entirely. And just, that's, the, that's, a, that's a super hack right now. All your templates. Go remove all the I, we, us. I'm curious because in, in the English language, we can just get rid of I a lot. Like, hope you've been well, right? Instead of I hope you've been well. Um, do you think that it needs like a full-on rewrite when you're seeing all the I's and we's? It's like a really good indicator that it's a full rewrite or is it just remove the words and you're better off? Personally, think, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Jed. No, Jen, you go first. I think... Like Will and I have both done hundreds of email reviews and we've all made the same mistakes that everybody else has. So again, it's not coming from a place of criticism. Yeah. But I would say the single biggest mistake I see in cold emails is that someone's belief and assumption of what a cold email is supposed to do is to sell them. In my opinion, I think the purpose of a cold email is actually to, to identify, is there a problem relevance there? And so if you think about it, right, it's like going, I use this example all the time because I met my husband on Bumble. It's like going on Bumble and then just messaging everybody like, do you want to get married? Could you get married that way? Sure. Would the quality of your husband or wife be that great? Probably not because it's a really creepy motion. And so I think sometimes in sales, the very best thing we can do is slow down to speed up. If you nail the problem, I promise you that person will probably be interested in learning more about ways to think about that problem. But I think we often are just so focused on getting the meeting that we go for saying like, here's what we do. Do you care? And that's, that, that's I think, the thing that gets us lumped in with so many other um, emails that they receive. 
Mm -hmm. and left because he hated my point, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it happens. Maybe he got kicked out. You don't know. Um, I do, and I really like that analogy, but like thinking about how we're connecting with people and how we're starting a conversation with someone. And so often the best conversations are when people ask you about yourself and they're asking you questions and they're interested in you. I know like via email, it's a different story, but. Yeah, but that I think that's an opportunity, right? There's an email that I share a lot in my cold email classes where it's like, what you're looking for is where one plus one equals three in a business. So an example would be, Let's say you, you see someone that just started a new role at the business and they were over community. But then you look at the company and you don't see a community for the company. That's a one plus one plus three moment, right? So what you, you could do in a moment like that is say like, I noticed she started this job, but I didn't see a community. Curious, like, are you weighing the pros and cons of starting one? That is not talking about our solution at all. They will see in our subject or our our signature line where we work and the fact that like I work at a com community software company, but that is starting a conversation versus simply going for the booked meeting. And that's what I mean. I think sometimes we're so hesitant to slow down because there's a ton of pressure on us to book the meeting. But by slowing down, I think sometimes it does help us speed up. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We don't know if Will will ever come back, but I'm sure. Well, in that meantime, let's take a peek. I already know the answer because we've talked about some of these, but I'm curious on like if there's a rewrite option in your mind for some of these. These are ones that we're seeing frequently. You guys participate in the chat as well. Switch your chat to everyone instead of host and panelists. Hope this email finds you well. Jen, you already mentioned your no on it. Is there a rewrite of that? Um, no. Just kill, delete it. I think just kill it. Absolutely. And I think some of the other things that we see in here, like I'll, I'll call out number four, the tonality of this is so off-putting. And I think most of us know, I don't see this as much, but there, it still happens. It's like this passive aggressive thing because you think you're going to spark a response. You probably will spark a response and it will be a really angry one. So it's again, like what matters more to you, starting a conversation that's a value to your buyer or just getting a reply this tonality is is totally against what the data suggests works. Instead, because I don't want to just talk about what not to do, one of the things that we see works really well is an unsure tonality. So an unsure tonality sounds like, looks like this might be happening or not sure if. And if you think about it, if someone walked up to us at a party and just started telling us all about our business and what we do, we would find that really off-putting, but we do it in the inbox a lot. So even in cases where we found something of relevance, like if you search the CEO's name and podcast or interview and you see them talking about, I don't know, they're moving up market, that is an opportunity still to land, land that unsure tonality and say like, James spoke about X, not sure if that signals that you're looking to move up market. People love to correct. They will correct us. And that starts a conversation. Mm -hmm. By the way, number four is directly out of my inbox on Friday. So still happening. What? Sorry, I'm happening. Snowstorm. I'm sorry. Wi-Fi is being horrible. <laughs> I reckon you, you sabotage. Jen's outside my house right now like a pair of... Yeah, exactly. You got to do the double wave again, though, every time. I'm, I'm bored of hearing Will talk. I'll take over the mic. Uh, do one more because you just re-entered. You have to do the double wave. There we go. There we go. <laughs> you got to do it every time. Okay, Will, any strong feelings? I mean, obviously, we've discussed one, but you got anything in here that you could rewrite to make it better? Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't love any of these. Number one, just get rid of that card entirely. Number two, get rid of that entirely. That's going to be the bomb of your email. Uh, you can just, even I am reaching out to, just stay while you're reaching out. Again, um, a lot of, a big big pay of mine is when people apologize. Hey, I know you must be busy, if, uh, so I'll keep this brief. If you know they're busy, just keep it brief. Um, the the best one here is probably I've been talking to a lot of that leaders, but um, even that, I've been talking to a lot of position leaders, and what I've heard is, you can even just say a lot of leaders are finding, you know, get rid of the I, and uh, I've been talking to and just say a lot of leaders are finding this. Even then, again, anything I start with, I always want to try and make it about them, not just people like them. I can move on to that bit later in the email. I want it specifically about them, why I've chosen to reach out to you in particular, make you feel special, answer that question in your head, so then that way you'll redress the email. I am special. You're just trying to make me feel that way? We're all special flowers. Listen. Okay, so I want us to check out um, the Q&A section. If you see something that speaks to you, you can upvote it. There's a thumbs up button under everyone's um, open questions. So you can upvote people's to bring it to the top. Um, I will revisit allison asks how do you guys um do a bump email do you do a bump email how do you feel about it well um, yeah I, I i try not to do a a traditional bump email following up bumping this w inbox what what i find in any follow-up is you can always try and do something new that you haven't done already and i think this is the mistake a lot of sellers tend to trend towards is like oh they do one great email or one email up front that has everything in it most of the time, even the best emails, I'm going to get replied to. Jen and I did this competition a while back where we emailed three of our friends' friends each. No one responded to any of our first emails, even though they were great emails. I got three responses by following up just with extra. So use new information, provide new information, and that's a reason to keep your first email short. Because generally, if you've reached out to people in B2B, you're probably going to be emailing them like five times across a month, right? In a general sequence. So don't feel like you have to cram everything into your first email. Hold a little bit back. In the first email, maybe you can just talk about the problem or an observation, then a problem. In the second email, you can talk about exactly how you help them solve that. You know, so you can add more detail or give them new problems or observations that you might have noticed about them. So I think the rule is, if you're pointing back to the last email, then you probably put too much in it. Try and provide new information about how you help, reasons why you think they might be facing a problem, or problems they might be facing. Yep. Okay, so as I look through these, there's um, there's a couple trends I see. One is narrating what we are doing. So examples are, I'm reaching out. I saw that. Um, I'd love to. I am emailing you. This is something I used to fall into as well. Like we're we're literally narrating in the moment what we're doing. You don't need to say I'm emailing you. They're they're opening and reading the email. They get it. So be careful of over narrating. The second thing I'm seeing is a, like I'm seeing some really cool snappy opening lines. Like there's one in here, Michael Bunch. Um, 87% of consumers don't answer calls they can't identify. Great opener, but with a great opener, think about how easy is it for someone to answer the next question. So the question for those of you that aren't looking at the email, it's 87% of consumers don't answer calls they can't identify. How are you ensuring your recipients are engaging with your outbound calls? That's a really high effort question to answer so, so instead like yeah right this is a place where you really don't want it to be that open just can like we talked about before confirm if that's a problem that they're seeing not sure if your reps are seeing that like we don't need to like part of the problem i think with these big open-ended questions is someone might look at that and they say i'm attracted to the opener 
but maybe I'll get back to it later and, and then later never happens. So be really careful about the question we choose to um, pair our opener with. But that could be great phone conversation material. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one, surely, uh, the one I'm just going through, I, I can't see most of them because I got cut off and it booted me out, so I can't see all the old ones that weren't here before I jumped in. But that one there, 87% of customers don't answer calls, they don't identify. I think, like, that's a great short email. That's the whole thing, right? But, like, even then, you could probably add a little bit up front, like, hey, couldn't help but notice that your reps are making cold calls, or it looks like your reps are making cold calls. That gives you the reason of why I'm making that statement. Because otherwise, it can be really, like, I'm telling you versus I'm staying curious, right? So I could say in that one, hey, looks like your reps are making, you've got a team of SDRs. I can't imagine they're making cold calls, right? So I'm kind of being like a little bit not too presumptive. 87% um, of quite hunt calls that are identified, this hurts sales teams because you can always add a bit more. Right? Short emails I love, right? But we don't want to go short at the sacrifice of losing the messaging, the problem, the impact of that. And the question could be, are you getting as many answers or your reps having as many conversations as you'd like? That, that is a much easier question to answer than how you're ensuring your recipients are engaging your outcome calls because I could be like, that's, that is a big question. It's quite broad. So I'm like against like these big how questions in a cold email. In, in a cold call, you can kind of get away with it a little bit more than an email. You almost want to just get a response out of them and then you can ask these big questions, especially on like a discovery call, right? Where you've got the permission to do so. Yep. So the goal is attention. The goal is a response. Yeah. We're not trying to get into a conversation just yet. Exactly. Just get the response, get the problem fit or get the like, no, we everybody picks up our phone call. We don't have that problem. It's great. Keep it moving. Um, the other thing I'm seeing throughout all these, there's still a lot of eyes and knees. Like even, hi, Gary, during my years at Mercer, all my clients had excessive spend in. That actually... Like this is an interesting one because it then gets into like overpaying by 45%. Like there's, I love the specificity of it. But in, again, in our opening preview text, all I'm seeing is during my years at Mercer, all my clients had, and then I'm like, okay, this is someone who's just talking about themselves. So this is a perfect example of the body is actually pretty strong. The opener may get it not read. So kill the my, my, my. They don't need, I know, and I know, I think I know where the intention is behind it. It's to show credibility. Like I'd spent time at Mercer, listen to me, your insight, the value that what you are teaching in this email is your credibility. So get to that faster. Okay. Quick question for both of you. Is there an email in your inbox that recently got your attention, got you to respond, got you to someone who was prospecting to you? Yeah. Let me pull one up. I don't know if they did do all the, uh, uh, all the things we're preaching, but they, 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 they do a good job. So let me just pull it up real quick. Can I have this ready? While you're doing it, I'll, I'll quickly say one that worked for me. When I went at my last job, one in my first month, you know, you get a ton of like, I saw you're the new whatever. And it's just like, now let me pitch you on my thing. One that stood out to me was someone that said, saw you recently joined as title at company. Um, often it could be really hard in your first 30 days to do X here's a helpful toolkit that I found that might be useful. It was not from their company. We'll post about this the other day. It was literally a framework of like, how do you start building a community? That was that was nine months ago. I still remember that email because their intention was not to pitch me. It was to help me. And as a result, I ended up talking to that person. We had a great conversation. That's the goal of a cold email, right? To have a conversation that that other person wants to have. So that's one that stands out to me by far. I have an example here. They didn't nail it. I even gave some feedback to them, but they did a no right job, um, I would say. 
So let me just see if I can get this. You seeing that? Yeah. Um, this says, hi, Will, I'm big fan of your LinkedIn content. Your merch store is chef's kiss round time. Um, so, so that one opened like I'm, they could have literally jumped in there. Just like said, big fan, right? Just to interrupt the pattern of I am, you know? So like, you don't have to be grammatically connected in these emails. In fact, as we know, my CEO used to send me emails to say, update pipeline, not update your pipeline, right? These executives, they communicate like a-holes because they're busy. They just go bang, 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 send it. Sometimes they don't even send a body, it's just a subject line, right? Big fan of your LinkedIn content, your merch course, right? So, but but one of the biggest hacks, and I think the easiest way to go about this is always try and start the emails like about that, right? And someone in the in the Q and A said, "Hey, how can you do this at scale? I get it for an A. You might have some target accounts or some named accounts, but how can you? You can't personalize every email. And, and despite what what um, I don't know, Jen, how Jen feels in this, but I agree for most SMB mid market sales reps, you don't you've got so many people to reach out to and so much attention to get. You cannot go in and look at everyone's LinkedIn and look for that." look on their merch store and compliment on them. I'd argue that email was too personalized because even if they close me as a shit pop customer, my merch store does like 10 grand in turnover a year. That doesn't equate to a lot of revenue for a shit pop. It's not worth their time investing that much. Look at my website, my Instagram, my LinkedIn. So instead you can just say, it looks like, it sounds like, it seems like this thing. But the best way you can do that at some level of scale, and I don't like that word scale because people are just associated with like blasting, is like, when you're building your list, try and build them based on characteristics that you can say, hey, this is the reason why I'm reaching out. You could build 10, 10 lists with 10 different reasons built into them. So I could reach out to 50 VPs of sales or 50 VPs of finance all who have had big layoffs recently. And I can still say, it looks like you've had some layoffs lately. And that might be a bit of a hard observation for some people, but I could say, it looks like you've updated your website recently to 10 companies that have all had website updates, right? That's how you scale it. It's still going to take time, but you don't lose the relevance as a result. Um, and then I'd use those observation openers. They call them a label in Chris Boss's book. Uh, it looks like, it sounds like, it seems like, because then you're labeling it, but you're also protecting yourself in case you're wrong. Because right. you're saying it seems, it sounds, it looks. You're not saying it is, because that's overly assumptive, which is not what we want to be in cold emails. The alternative, yeah. Fence. Yeah, and then instead of saying, I saw, I noticed, I, whatever, just say saw, notice, get rid of the I and be grammatically wrong, um, but still avoid saying I. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Make it less about us. You guys, time flies when you're having fun and we're at time. Um, I want to send over information to get in touch with Jen and Will here. So we will drop that in the chat. Um, I also wanted to share that tomorrow. We have another show, same time, same place. Tomorrow, Sydney is hosting. It's all about discovery calls. Um, so if you're interested, you can join. There's a link for that in the chat as well or sellbetter.xyz. Will, Jen, I was really hoping you'd fight more, but give me another two-handed wave and I'm just... Jen is the worst. It's all me. team Will. Wearing your merch. <laughs> I've got a Will dancer. sticker. You know, yeah, you should be wearing my merch, Jen. I'm <laughs> glad to see that you finally decided that your team will. Hashtag Team Jen. Hashtag oh. backup balance. Hang up before you can say anything else. Okay, okay bye. Joining. <laughs> <laughs>